Welcome everybody to episode 4 of In the Marbles with Soda and Ethan. I am Ethan, you can follow me on Twitter at Viva La Ethan. I'm Soda, you can find me on Twitter at Soda underscore Hunter. Man, we had a lot, we have a lot to talk about from Darlington, but before we jump into that, Soda, how are you doing? I know I'm over here sporting our brand new t-shirt you can get at whatamaneuver.net. I have my Rowdy Energy hat and popping open a cherry lime made rowdy energy What's going See, on i've already you? uh i've already had that rowdy energy this morning i am i'm on to just a sun kiss zero <laughs> i had the pink lemonade rowdy energy this morning a rowdy burn how was that pretty good not, not my favorite one of them so far watermelon is my favorite but oh. um pretty good pretty good i can't say i'm wearing the, <laughs> i can't say that i'm wearing any in the marble stuff because it's all in the wash i wear it i wear it all weekend Oh, there you so, go. <laughs> got my Garth Brooks shirt on from the past concert. Well, that's what's up. That's <laughs> awesome, dude. Heck yeah. How's your weekend been? Oh, it's been crazy. It's been busy, but uh, thankfully it's over and hopefully we are on the road for normalcy. Really more excited for this weekend. Oh, yeah. Kansas Speedway. I'm so excited. Oh, man. I'm so just so pumped up. Yeah, we'll, we'll get, get into, into all that, that later. Definitely, definitely. We'll talk about a lot, all that later on. Um, I bet you're excited with that. You're going to be as excited as I was. Uh, I will be going to Talladega later. Oh, I bet. Yeah, I actually just uh, uh, booked my hotel for Texas Motor Speedway in September. Awesome. Talk about this weekend. I just purchased the Talladega tickets Oh, this weekend, too. So October, that's where I'll be. It's actually my anniversary weekend, too. We're, uh, oh, we're, awesome. We got a whole week planned for it right mm -hmm. we're going to Talladega and we got a hotel for the night before so we can go up there and if if we want to go to the Xfinity race just buy tickets when we're there we will if not we can just we can just look around the uh is, is Xfinity or Arca and truck that are running in the fall I can't remember which it is but I think oh. one weekend it's Xfinity and the other weekend is Arca and truck mm -hmm. I think it's Arca and truck in the fall but I could be wrong about that so it's Arca and Trucks on the same day. In, uh, for Kansas Speedway, it's Arca and Trucks in the spring and then Xfinity in the fall. So I don't know if Talladega is the same way or not. But I think it's reversed. Okay. But that makes sense. I could be wrong. I haven't been to a Saturday race at Talladega in a long time. I can't remember the last Saturday race I went to. Maybe it was 95, my first race. I think we went to the Arca race oh, before cool. the uh, trucks were even 
a thing at super speedways yet because they didn't start doing that until 2000 mm -hmm. yeah well that was a crazy first race for those guys on the super speedway oh my gosh maybe we'll talk <laughs> about that one day yeah but yeah we just booked that we're going to uh hang out up there on saturday maybe see how it goes sunday we're going to watch the race if it rains out we got a hotel we're going to stay till monday because the last two races i've been to has been run on a monday Oh, and I've been able to stay for one of them. Could not stay for the Daytona 500. We don't say that R word around Man. here because I am I am so nervous for rain for this weekend and next weekend because I'm going to the All Star Race in Texas. You're going well, back so. to back. That's something I've I never done. Back to back, and you know the only thing that's going to stop this is that pesky R word. Mm -hmm. I have never done that going back to back to a NASCAR race because they don't show up that close together. Like you don't right. get Atlanta and then Talladega. You know, that's that's like the only way I would be able to do it is if you would go to Talladega and Atlanta back to back because they're literally the same distance from me, just in different directions. Right. I think uh Kansas Speedway is two hours away from me and then Texas Motor Speedway is six hours away. So Texas is gonna be a little bit funnier, uh for mm -hmm. Uh, a little bit funny this this time because what i'm doing is leaving work and then going straight down to texas and, you know because like the all-star it's going to be like you know you have the not the duels but the yeah the all-star open, open. Mm -hmm. yeah and then you have like all different sort of qualifiers so i'm going to get down there after work i'm going to stay down there until the all-star is done and then driving all the way back <laughs> in one day side note I'll go, we'll go into, we'll make this a topic for next weekend's show. Oh yeah, for sure. For next week's show. Um, my personal feeling, Dale Earnhardt and the all-star race killed NASCAR diecast in the late nineties. Ooh, it killed it. And we'll get into all that next week because we'll, we'll go yeah. in the preview with the all-star race. Heck yeah. Yeah. Other than buying the Talladega, what we're going to do, I still haven't finished my story. What we're going to do, <laughs> we're going to do the Talladega race uh sunday if it rains out we're going to go monday and then we have uh, a cabin reserved in gatlinburg mm. tennessee and we're going to head up north to gatlinburg and spend a few days up there in a cabin check out the sites up there the fall sites and all the color change and all it's, it's beautiful up there it's absolutely beautiful then we'll head on home that's our anniversary week be, uh, tennessee is one of the prettiest places you'll ever go it depends yeah. on where you go <laughs> Well, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> they got some really beautiful mountains up that way, especially the Smoky Mountains are incredible. I have been, uh, I've been in the winter, I've been in the spring, I haven't been in the fall yet, so this will be interesting. I haven't been snowed in and iced over yet. The last mm. one of the last ones we went to, there was a cabin that had a uh, driveway. It was like literally in a mountain, right? So, oh, wow. like as yeah. you're, you got this one lane windy road that goes around a mountain, up and curving, and all this, and then there's a cabin, and then there's another cabin, there's another cabin, and I'm when I talk about cabins, I'm talking about things that would cost like four or five million dollars to build. Holy moly! You know, but you can rent them for like a hundred something dollars a night. That's <laughs> yeah, that's the only way you're ever going to stay in something like this, right? You uh, go up and down this mountain, and then this one cabin that we were staying at. Had a gravel driveway. I had a four-cylinder uh, front-wheel drive Dodge Caliber, mm -hmm. and it was such a bad car. I don't you only say bad things about Dodge. Dodge made a bad car with that Caliber. It was awful, mm. and I couldn't make it up the driveway. You know, hang on. You know why you couldn't get it up the driveway? What's that? Because it's not a Toyota. Uh, the Toyota wouldn't have made it up the driveway either. You needed. <laughs> Look, I know what you do. You trying to do with your Toyota? Your Toyota might have made it. 
Yeah, maybe. But Camry wouldn't have made it at the driveway. <laughs> I, I actually just got stuck in a field uh, two days ago. Yeah, I got never so, talk uh, about no Toyota. <laughs> heck. I don't have four-wheel drive. Well, oh, my V8 Hemi would have made it up there, and my Durango would have made it up there because it's got the Hemi in it, and it's got uh, like a towing all-wheel drive thing in it. It would have made it up there. This caliber, I had to uh, – it took me about six or seven tries to do this. I had mm -hmm. to back up as far as I could safely with this mountain being a little one lane road. And if you careen off the mountain, you're careening off the mountain. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I had to go as safely as I could because there was a curve coming to it. So I had somebody looking out for me, making sure mm -hmm. there was no, no other car coming around. Not, not that many, not much, much traffic up there. I stomped on it as fast as I could. And at the same time had to hug because there was a fence on either side, like a wooden fence on either side of this driveway on one side of the driveway where the fence was, there's a little bit of a little bit of a strip of grass. So I could actually get some grip on mm -hmm. the grass and not the gravel. So I had to hug like inches off of this wooden fence so i could catch that grass so it would actually pull the wheels up there and i finally did it it took me like six times to do this scary but you had to do it otherwise you're parking out in the street on a one-lane oh, wow. road and you can't do that right hopefully um we don't have that situation again we're going to be taking a durango likely so probably won't good luck good luck with that because the durango i don't know if you know this durangos don't have trd toyotas <laughs> do and <laughs> There's a there's a reason I'm plugging Toyota so hard. So maybe in the next few months, uh, next few weeks, I'll uh, elaborate on that a little bit. But uh, yeah, I've been listening to a lot of Morgan Wallen. And mm -hmm. There's one song that he's talking about East Tennessee, and I'm like, oh, I want to go there now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> I can't point out East Tennessee exactly what would be there. I have to look at a map, see what all is there in East Tennessee, other than like Nashville. What yeah. is in East Tennessee? I don't know. Well, he's talking about East Tennessee. I want to know what he's talking about. Uh, I'm Memphis. I'll send you. I don't know. Memphis is East just, Tennessee. What do we got? Nashville Center. I guess Gatlinburg would be. It's it's around Knoxville, so I guess it's more west. No, it's still Center Tennessee. Let me you see. Know, I'll just I'll just text my friend Morgan Wallen really fast and just ask him. Oh, Gatlinburg what is. <laughs> yeah, just text him real quick. Yeah. Hey, Morgan, Gatlinburg is more towards West Tennessee. Bristol is literally on the Virginia line. I have been by there once in a truck. You've never been to Bristol Motor Speedway to watch a race? No, I've, it's oh, way too far away. Man, you're telling me I live in Kansas, brother. <laughs> I was actually living in New York when uh, I actually went to the 2017 Bristol Night Race. That's so, further away than me. Yeah, it was... Uh, was it? I go to Talladega at least once every other year. Doesn't it count? Yeah, absolutely it counts. Are you kidding? Oh, my gosh. I would love to go to Talladega. Uh, Holy moly. There's a song about that. There's a country song about Talladega. There's a lot of country so. songs about NASCAR races. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the Daytona 500. Come on. Don't don't knock me too bad. I saw 20 laps of the Daytona 500. Yeah, that's way better than me. <laughs> oh, shit. That's a plane trip right there. I, I can't drive down to Miami. Well, it's closer than Disney nope. to me. It's closer than Disney World to me. So if we can make the trip to Disney World twice so far and going back in July and then probably going back next January, then with the kids in January because they're, Where is they're mad. Disney World? Orlando. Orlando, okay. And then Disneyland is in California, yes. right? That's, that's one that that that's one that require a lot of a lot of planning for me. I think that's the one Breaker Brian Breaker goes to. I think Breaker. I think the last one he went to was Disney World. From South California. No, that's one? the uh, that's the Orlando one. Oh yeah. Okay. 
I okay. thought he went to Disneyland. I don't know. <laughs> this podcast has nothing to do with Disney. You don't even know nothing about Disney, which I'm going to change that. All right. We're going to get you to start watching some Disney movies. All right. <laughs> We're going to do this. Even if we have to All do right. a report the next week on the Disney movie you watched, just so I know that okay. you watched it. We're going to have All to right. start doing this. Yeah. This, this, okay. But well, this is a setup on. for it. Okay. <laughs> Disneyland was the original. There's two parks out there and they're literally across the street from each other. You got California what? Adventure and you have Disneyland. Like Disneyland is a park. Then you have California Adventure, which is a separate park. Different rides. Oh. No, nothing repeats, different experiences, and they're literally right across the street from each other. Disney World is huh. like a city. Oh. You have Magic Kingdom, which is the one with the castle, and all the classic rides like Pirates of the Caribbean, Space Mountain, Splash Mountain, stuff like that. Hmm. Then you have Epcot, which is the one with the big golf ball looking thing out front that you've seen a hundred times, I'm sure. The big uh, giant sphere. Uh, that's the that's um, the that's the classic Disney logo, is the big sphere. That's the Disney World thing. That's only at Disney World. They got oh, the new Guardians okay. coaster coming out. They got a Frozen ride. They got Soarin'. They have Test Track. And it's, it's where you eat a lot of food. They have a bunch of festivals and all this World Showcase stuff. All these different countries are represented at Epcot. Then you have Animal Kingdom, where they have the big Tree of Life right there in the front of the park. That's where Avatar stuff is, dinosaur stuff, and safaris. A whole bunch of animal-centric stuff. Then you have Hollywood Studios. That's where Tower of Terror is. That's where Galaxy's Edge is with Star Wars. That's where Toy Story Land is. All four of these are separated. Huge, huge place. Then you have all the resorts all over the place that you stay at, all the hotels. You have buses and monorails going all over the place. It literally takes you a week to do everything at Disney World. Oh, wow. We're going for like four days. So, Oh, geez. A day in each park, the right? Only thing, the only thing I even remotely understood out of that whole little three minute tangent you just went on <laughs> was toy story have you seen toy I story i seen toy story one okay and i had no idea there was a second third and fourth yes um jordan cassatt and this is what two years i remember ago? that i remember what you're talking yeah, about I, I still haven't watched uh, i actually borrowed the dvds from my sister and i that's as far as it went I borrowed them and I took a Snapchat of them and I never watched them. All right. So Toy Story cool. 2 is going to be the first the first movie we're going to get you to watch then. Okay. You going to do this? Uh, I'm going to try. Man. I'll give you a, a full 100-page book report. I will let you borrow <laughs> my Disney Plus account if you need to. Disney Plus? Yes. It's a subscription thing where you can log oh. in and you can watch pretty much anything Disney's made. Oh, just right there. So you don't have to keep buying any, you know, renting DVDs and stuff. I'm not going to, I'm not going to watch Bambi because I heard it was super sad. Bambi two is intense. There's a Bambi two. Listen, I know that's oh, a weird man. thing to say, but listen to this. There is a scene in Bambi two, right? Okay. Bambi one, you know, the mom dies, right? Oh, don't tell well, me. You know, you know. <laughs> a hunter kills the mom. Spoiler. It happens off screen. You hear the gunshot. They're running away from the hunter and the hunter shoots the mom and mom's dead. Right. Oh, that's Bambi terrible. two happens while Bambi's growing up. Right. So because after that, it cuts right to Bambi being an adult. So you miss the oh. whole section there where he's raised by this other deer. And oh. Bambi two is about that. It's about that little section that they've cut out. There is a scene in Bambi two where the little kid Bambi is in a field or by a field. And he hears a, uh, a female deer call. Sounds like his mother saying, I'm here. 
I'm here. I'm here. It's a deer call from a hunter. And Bambi goes running out there thinking that's oh, his no. mom. No, Bambi, no. It's It gave me chills just talking about it just now. That is oh, the man. most intense Disney scene I have ever seen. And for that to be thrown into a straight-to-DVD sequel, it's incredible. And I don't think enough people have seen that. that. I don't think enough people have seen that because otherwise everybody would be talking about that. That is an I love intense it. scene. I love animals too much. I'm not going to watch Bambi or Bambi. Well, they don't show that animals I, getting killed. It's off screen. Well, it's implied. I'm, well, just you talking about it almost made me cry. So no, that I'm not part doing... that part is rough. <laughs> we were watching that. Me and my wife were, and we because we didn't have kids and we watched Disney movies. We were mm-hmm. watching that, and I turned to my wife. I said, oh my god, that is awful. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm not doing this. I'm going to, nope. Well, just wait till you get to Pixar, because you'll be bawling like a baby near about every single movie. Oh, God. Yes. I don't even know what Pixar is. Well, Toy Story is Pixar. Pixar, the uh, computer animated movies, Disney bought the company. First, they were their own company, and then Disney bought them. Now, they are Pixar Disney. Disney Pixar, whatever. Disney releases their own personal movies, and Pixar releases their movies at the same time. So, you kind of got like two, two things going. It's like a... In wrestling terms, it's WWE and NXT. Oh. Only WWE's not Disney because Pixar was better than Disney at their animated, their, their computer animated films for a long time. So me, I still consider Pixar better than Disney animated films, but that's just me. You know, I feel like Jeff and Scott right now because mm-hmm. they have the you know fully posable wrestling figure. Podcast and they don't talk and, about wrestling you know, figures. And they always start off like a thirty minute tangent on like <laughs> music or or you know something and here we are talk 21 minutes in and we are talking about bambi toy story <laughs> disneyland disney world well, i don't know any of this half the people that give us <laughs> feedback on this podcast say well they're not really nascar fans anyway but it's interesting to listen to so give them something else to talk yeah, about well, yeah well, let's get into so, it then let's let's move on past disney <laughs> i'm a disney nerd if you haven't noticed we're going to get you into disney also I'm, it's going to happen i don't even don't even know what disney is but okay it's going to happen you just wait <laughs> Darlington. Uh, so this is one of my Darlington. favorite weekends. And it's strictly aesthetics, I believe, mostly. I mean, well, the track is really good, too. It usually comes down to pretty good finishes. One of the greatest finishes of all time happened at Darlington. And was it 2003, I believe, right, with uh, Ricky Craven and Kurt <laughs> Busch? Yes. That is a famous Famous finish. For a long time, I think it was the closest finish in NASCAR history. It might still be. I think it still is. But yeah. it was. it's definitely one of the most thrilling last five or six laps in NASCAR history to me. Check it out on YouTube. Go look it up. 2003 Darlington finish. It'll have a Tide car and a uh, silver and red 97 Sharpie car. Ru- or is it uh, Rubbermaid? Rubbermaid. That's it. Those two cars pretty much locked together coming to the line. And they raced each other hard the whole last See, Going to that finish, I thought that's what we were going to get this weekend. I thought so too. It was leading up. It that was. Way I sure. was excited. I was on the edge of my seat. It's like, all right, here we go. Logano's going to just slam into him coming off the corner and they're going to be locked and just race it. No, he just knocked him out of the way with a lap and a half to go and went on and won the race by what, eight car lengths or so. I mean, it was. Yeah, I believe it was the last, wasn't it the last corner? No, it was uh, It was coming to the white flag. It was coming to the white flag. He, he got to him and just punted him. Okay. Yeah, he could have at least okay. waited to the white flag, made it a little more interesting. But no, he, he it was coming to the white flag because he had a whole nother lap to stay ahead of the eight mm. at that point. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. At that point, uh, William Byron wound up hitting the wall because of that punt and blowing both his tires and finishing. 13th so it yeah. completely ruined his finish i can go ahead and get into that right now if you want 
I saw your take on Twitter. All right. So here's the dealio. Um, I am not by any means, any stretch of the imagination, a Joey Logano fan. I am through and through a Kyle Busch fan. If you're a Kyle Busch fan, you cannot legally, it's in the documents, be a jo- uh, Joey Logano fan. Here's my deal. I see a lot of people on Twitter or you know social media saying that, oh, what, he, what Joey Logano did to William Byron was a dirty move. I don't see that at all. And I'm not, I don't want to be known as the one who defends Joey Logano by any stretch of the imagination because, no, but he's your your second favorite driver. It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. I'll I'll find you an Um, autographed Joey Logano card and I'll send it to you one day for Christmas, probably. Listen, you're you're really (laughs) making me want to treat you like Bambi here, okay? Um, Oh, uh, no, no, I do not like, but I don't think he did anything wrong in that moment. So let's think about this. You are racing on the last lap in the most elite form of stock car auto racing at the most, one of the most crown jewel events, the Southern 500. You, how much is this Joey's fault? How much is this William Byron's fault um, for letting him get that close? I'm going to tell you right now, Soda. If you were the 24 and I was the 22, in that moment, I would have done the exact same thing, except I would have I would have dumped John the straightaway or something <laughs> just to make my point. But no, I wouldn't have dumped John the straightaway. I would have done exactly what Joey Logano did. I didn't look at it anything different than what, you know, Bristol or Richmond or Martinsville would have the bump and run. I feel like this was just a Darlington bump and run. Well, I don't yeah. see. I don't know. I'm I'm back and forth on how I feel about this, and it's not necessarily just because it's Joey Logano. I don't feel like it was justified. Like mm-hmm. I understand when I raced personally, I understand it wasn't Cup, mm-hmm. but when I raced personally, I tried to have respect for everybody out there. And if I showed respect for people right. out there, then they showed respect back to me. I didn't have a lot of people race me dirty. And if they raced me dirty, I was going to race them dirty. But I also made a lot of friends right. and we had a lot of fun racing each other as clean as we could because, well, I mean, Grant, they have more than one car. I only have one car, right? right. I'm not going to go slamming my car into somebody else and tearing it up and just for them to pay me back and slam me into a wall. You know, I'm not, right. I'm not going to do that. They only have one car. I only have one car. We're on a shoestring budget here. We're just racing to have fun. I'm racing sure. people clean and respect. These guys have multiple cars at their disposal. They're told just to win the race. They're, yeah. they're told that they're, they're saying, don't care about, don't, it's the last two laps or whatever. Don't care about your equipment. Just go win the race. And I get right. that. That puts you in a different mentality. William Byron did something to Joey Logano in the race. He uh, come off the corner a little high and crowded Joey Logano into the wall a little bit. But I don't think Joey really, I mean, obviously he didn't hit the wall that hard. He won the dang race. It was a tight racing. It was tight racing is what it was. Right. And rubbing. Yeah, sure. A lot of that happened at Darlington. I mean, look at everybody's right side of their car. Everybody was, you know, up against the wall at Darlington because that's how no you trouble. are. You're 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 sideways right. throughout the whole corner, and you're inches away from the wall. And usually, you scrape it once in a while. It's called a Darlington stripe, and everybody is running into everybody at Darlington. Just it's just something about that track. There's only like a lane and a half worth of racing, and everybody's trying to yeah. go two and three wide. So you're yeah. gonna bump people. William Byron halfway through the race, he came up on Logano a little bit coming off a corner and it crowded Logano. And Logano had that in the back of his mind and he went in and did not deliver the same thing to William Byron. See, 
I am always for eye. For, I'm always like eye for an eye. If right. you run me into the wall, I might run you into the wall. If you run me rougher than you do other people, I'll run you rough. If somebody crowds me off the corner, takes the spot away from me, you know, a little rubbing, stuff like that. I'm going to do the same thing with them, especially on the last lap. That's why I thought, man, this is going to be a good finish. He's going to race them rough. And William Byron is constantly getting loose. They said that his car was getting looser. He was losing the handle on his car in the mm -hmm. last few laps. So he was slowing down to Logano. Logano had the faster car. He was going to win. It was just oh, yeah. trying to make the pass to get by him. Well, instead of trying to make the pass, he just decided to um, knock him out of the way. I don't think that was an equivalent response to what happened to him. I feel you should race people how you're raced. And in my mind, it's like if I'm walking in a room and I bump shoulders with somebody. Oh, okay. My bad. I'm sorry I bumped you. And they say, it's okay. I'm going to stab your leg just to make sure I get my point across. I don't <laughs> want you to bump me anymore. That's what Logano did. Oh, that's, uh, that's amazing. That's the it's a, most amazing it's thing. It's accurate, right? That's exactly what it is. Uh, I bumped you. Okay, I'm sorry. That You know, a little bit of a stinger on my on my arm. That's fine. Logano straight up stabbed him. <laughs> threw him into the wall as fast as he could and popped his tires and relegated him back to a 13th place finish when they could have both finished in the top two. True. In this moment, I was completely cheering for William Byron. 100%. I really wanted that race version diecast car. That was that was the prettiest throwback to me anyways. I, so I was cheering for William Byron. I was hoping that William Byron was going to win that race. I don't I wasn't mad about it. I wasn't mad now obviously if if the 18 was in the 24th position, I would be a little bit more mm -hmm. a little bit more heated. But I, I don't think this situation would have happened if the 22 and the 24 were fighting for fifth on the last lap. That wouldn't have happened. This is my mindset. If I was a NASCAR driver, if I was the 22, if I was the 18, if I was anyone in that Cup Series field, I'm not there to make friends. I am there to win the race, and that's exactly what Joey Logano did. So for the first time in my life, my hat's off to the 22. Well, not being there to make friends is one thing, but being there to make enemies, that's a different thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can... It worked out for Dent Learnhardt. Well, he got... He he was... You <laughs> cannot, in, in any sense of the imagination, compare anything Joe Logano's doing to Dale Earnhardt. <laughs> oh, absolutely not. Good Lord. There's only a few people that can halfway get that comparison. Kyle, Kyle Busch, I did, I did compare him to Dale Earnhardt mm -hmm. a few weeks ago, and I'll stick by that, but not Joey Logano. Oh no, that's not what I was trying to say. I was that just he no, comparing him in a sense that he uh he gives off that intimidation type feel when he's behind yeah. you. No, he does not. Wait for Joey yes. Logano? No, no. Well, see, that's the thing. Yeah, Earnhardt made enemies, sure, but there were very, very few people that would actually act on that. If Joey Logano makes right. enemies, you saw what Matt Kenseth did to him. Oh yeah. I mean, a few years ago, and I, I laughed my head off when that happened. Holy crap, I laughed my mm. head off when that happened. He just straight up just shoved him into the wall at Martinsville. I think he got suspended a few races because of that, but I think he thought it was worth it. I thought it was worth it. That was incredible. Anyway, yeah. what was funny to me about the finish of that race, though, is Jeff Gordon afterwards. He was uh, saying, I would have done that differently, but it's fine. Uh, no, he wouldn't have. He would not have. I have seen him twice wreck mm -hmm. my favorite driver, Rusty Wallace, to win a race. And then I, in turn, saw Rusty Wallace boot his butt into the wall at Richmond. And I laughed my head off then, too. And so did the whole stands when all that smoke went over him. I watched that at least once a week on YouTube. I, I'm, I don't lie. 
I said I saw that happen live and I loved it. I think it was 98 or 99. But Jeff Gordon wouldn't have done that no differently. Yeah. No, I don't think so. I would have raced him. I would have raced him, raced him though. I wouldn't have just knocked him out of the way. I would have got beside him and roughed him up. Rubbin's racing, right? You just race him all the way. Race him hard. Race him rough and race him hard. But, it's it's a lap and a half left. I wouldn't have just knocked him out of the way. But here's the 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 deal. The argument with that is, it seemed like all day long. You could ask Kyle Larson. There's another. I think uh, actually your pick, Ross Chastain. Ross Chastain. So if you got down on the inside now, for the listeners, I don't know what Darlington is all about. Um, you're running, and I mean an inch off of the wall. That's all the momentum. That's how fast it. An unbelievable run down the straightaways, which is what you need by running really, really, really close to the to the outside wall. Now it seemed like it was an issue all day long if somebody dropped to the bottom and got on the inside of somebody because all that air was going to get put on your spoiler. That's why I don't think Joey Logano chose to go down there and put himself in a precarious situation and possibly spin himself out. Yeah, there were two people I really, I think, I don't know if Larson had that exact same thing happen to him, but there were two people I really noticed that happened to, and that was Ross Chastain and Martin Truex. Because I think Martin Truex, that happened to him, and it caused the entire, that big melee. It took out Hamlin and took out 23, all of 2311, really. Mm-hmm. 2311 has had some issues. When they get, when they wreck, they all wreck. Yeah. Because <laughs> they're, most of the time, they're all running my draft back. Kings picks. They're always kind of running in the same area of the field, mm-hmm. which is about that 15th yeah. to 30th range. But yeah, Kyle, yeah, eight to eight to twentieth. Yeah, somewhere in there. Somewhere. Kyle there. Larson. That's actually how his night, how his race ended, was he got down on the inside of the eighteen. I think Kyle Busch had a little bit more of an argument than what Joey Logano had for the twenty-four. Uh, Kyle Larson. I mean, actually, like bumped him into the wall and stuff. But eventually, Kyle Larson ended up wrecking himself because he got down on the bottom, got the air taken off his spoiler, and around he went. He went nose first into the inside safer barrier so it ended his day same thing happened uh martin trust jr same thing happened to ross chastain ross chastain was in the lead when it happened so i mean geez. so was, so was larson well, he was third, third now i think yeah he wasn't in the lead then but it was like on a restart with ross chastain and he was literally underneath the leader right. and he had just won the stage he had the best car at that point he was going to have a really good finish my pick was looking good <laughs> and he crashed coming off the corner I think it was turn two mm-hmm. and yep. hit the back straightaway inside wall, ruined his day, ruined my pick. My pick <laughs> finished 30th because of that. I figured you would be going for um, Logano and Byron taking each other out. So your pick could win. He wound up finishing second. Tyler I Reddick. did. Yeah, I really wanted uh, Tyler Reddick to, to win. And you know what? We just made that, and we'll talk about it later in the show, but man, I really wish I wouldn't have picked him for my picks here in uh, Darlington because I wanted to pick him for Kansas, but that's another problem for another day. But but were uh, you yeah. going to pick Logano? No, oh, no. I was going to pick the 24. So. You, you wound up better off. Yeah, I did. But I now I can't pick Chastain. <laughs> so I don't know. It was overall a really good day for me when it comes to our picks. But yeah, I mean, to kind of close it up, I had no issues with what the 22 did. So our picks, <laughs> since uh, Ross Chastain finished 30th and Tyler Reddick finished second, my average finish for the year so far has went down to 13.41. That's awful. Yeah. Especially with a win. I have a win. 
and my average finish is 13.41 and yours is 10.08. You're almost inside the top 10. Yeah, I just know how to pick them. You know? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I just know how to pick the random rookie that's going to win the biggest race of the year, and that's it. That's yeah. it. I can't do that anymore. So Kyle Bush had him a day. Oh, yes, he uh, he had he was in a bad place at the back. He was actually running pretty good. He led a lot of the race too, but yeah. he was uh, in a bad place at a bad time. Dane Keselowski. He's just man. That <laughs> it's like every week there's something. Just Keselowski completely man. lost it right just, in front of Cal Bush. I mean, Keselowski did absolutely nothing wrong, and that's what really like makes me well, mad about this situation. I don't because think so. he turned he he couldn't keep it off the track though. I mean, like, he spun and he he had it pointed down to the inside, but then he started coming back up the track, and Kyle Busch was there. Yeah, that that was an argument. I, I think that's what really ticked Kyle Busch off more than anything was that you're spinning out, get the heck off the racetrack. Yeah. And he I'm, was pointed in a direction like he could have gotten off the racetrack. But Kyle Busch, and I think Kyle Busch saw that. Yeah, I think Kyle Busch was more just upset about the fact that once again, he had an amazing run going and it got ruined out of something that had nothing to do with him. He got caught up in, uh, yeah, you know. Gibbs he got just checkers or wreckers, it seems like. Yeah, he just got caught up in, in a situation that had absolutely nothing to do with him. And I think that's what really set him over the edge. Last time we were at Darlington was a time that he got fined, wasn't it? For going really fast in between the, uh, like he run over like some cone, like he went through some coned areas where spectators were or some pit crew guys were or something. Somebody was down there, photographers. And he went really fast through the pit wall entrance and got fined $50,000 because of that. I believe that was Las Vegas. Was it Vegas? Yeah, it was Vegas. Um, I or, thought they said it was Darlington, but it could have been Vegas. You know, I could be completely wrong. Um, I'm pretty sure that was not Darlington, but it could be. Pretty sure that was Vegas because I remember, oh man, what a what a time to come back to your hometown and get fined fifty grand. But no, so so, so that happened. Yeah, that yeah. happened, and it seemed like what everybody was in, was insinuating when he parked his car down pit road right at like one of those walls like just in the middle of uh somebody's random pit stall i think it was a 24s just near one of those pit stalls where you can't even get in they had to close pit road for an extra three or four laps so they could get his car out of the way he just parked his car got out of it and walked back it felt like and it did feel like that but it seemed like also people were insinuating that he was kind of sticking at the nascars like i'm not going down one of these little that's why that's what makes me think it was starlington but i could like i said i could be wrong about that I'm not going through one of these pit road entrances with a damaged car. They can just come get it because I ain't getting fined. But yeah. yeah, go ahead. No, I. you know, I'm going to have to do my research. It might have been Darlington that that happened to. No, I, I don't know why. I never once thought about that. I was watching it. I saw him park it. I saw him get out and watched him walk all the way to his hauler. I never once thought about the, the $50,000 penalty. I didn't um, until they brought it up. I just thought he was pouting. I didn't even think he was pouting, honestly. He, I just he was pouting. Come on, man. No, <laughs> Kyle Bush doesn't pout. What are you talking about? Get out of here. If he does anything, he pouts. That's that's if he doesn't win, he pouts. No, he's just passionate. <laughs> Good. Um, no, so the way I looked at that and, and watched it was um you could clearly see that his front suspension was completely screwed up. And when he parked it, I legitimately thought, oh, he can't make that corner. Because those I mean, that's a really sharp turn into the, the uh, garage area. That's I mean, if you look at it, 
his car is pointed right to the edge of the wall. I just kind of, I just kind of thought it, you just couldn't get into the, uh, it, you know, turn it. Uh, so he just left it. I mean, what what else are you supposed to do? You're supposed to just play patty cake with yourself until the uh, <laughs> record gets there? No, you know, I mean, he's pretty cheesed off. So he, you know, well, I'm not going to sit here and, and just look dumb. So he just walked to his holler. That's how I took it. And I, I, I agree. Yeah. I agree. I think that he just, I think he couldn't make the corner or either he couldn't make the corner or he saw how hard it would be to make the corner and he just decided not to. Right. Because I've seen people like try and then back up and then try and then back up and then actually finally do it three or four times in. But he probably just said, he probably just went down there and couldn't do it in one shot and said, okay, forget it. He's just yeah. mad, pouting. And he gets out of his car and walks to his trailer without talking to anybody gives himself a minute to cool down before he talks to the media, which is probably a good thing for him. And, um, wound up being a decent little interview afterwards. He wasn't, you know, he was just disappointed, but he wasn't, you know, Kyle Busch right after a wreck or right after a close second place finish where he's aggravated. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, man, he changed out of his fire suit really fast, didn't he? Yeah, he did. (laughs) He, um, he was pouting. (laughs) No, he wasn't pouting. He just—he was frustrated. He wasn't. I don't think he was pouting. I don't think Kyle Busch ever pouts. I think he's just really passionate. You don't think he ever pouts? No, no. Kyle Busch is. Look, the I like Kyle Busch. I think he's an amazing driver. Um, I like the personality. I'll straight up admit it, he pouts. You give me two examples of him pouting. Oh my gosh! How many second place finishes has he had? <laughs> Holy cow! Okay, I can't Kyle give Bush. you exact. Yeah, I can't give you exact I, examples. Kyle Bush pouts. Okay, it's yeah. it's not a secret at all. Um, I mean, you know, Sunday. If I, if I was in his situation, if I was in a five star organization with uh, five star equipment, and the um, realization that I could go out and win every single Cup Series race and be a seven time, eight time, ten time champion, and you know, finishing second, third, fourth, anything out of the first place, I, you know what? I I think I'd be a little a little cheesed off too. Maybe not as much, but you know, that's one thing I love about Kyle Busch. He is so passionate. He needs to be the first, like he needs to be first, whether it's practice, qualifying, the race, trucks, Xfinity, doesn't even matter. Like Kyle Busch not winning is not a happy Kyle Busch. And that's a mindset that I have kind of developed in my own world that, you know, it doesn't matter if I'm flipping burgers at McDonald's or, you know, cleaning restrooms at, at Walmart, like it's going to be the best McDonald's. It's going to be the, the cleanest Walmart. It, you know, it doesn't matter. And uh, I've definitely kind of accepted that mindset in my own life. Yeah. If you don't have that kind of a mindset in NASCAR, you're not going to be as, as successful as Kyle Busch is. Right. Exactly. So don't, the moral of the story, don't ever play Monopoly with me. <laughs> oh, gosh. No, I hate that game. So Darlington is known for throwbacks. Uh, this is the weekend that all the guys, well, most of the guys, looking at you, Richard Childress Racing, decides that they want to pay respect to past drivers, past teams, past paint schemes and sponsors that ran in the sport several years ago, sometimes 50, 60 years ago, sometimes just 10 years ago. We had a lot of really cool throwbacks throughout the whole weekend. Um, your personal favorite ones you don't have to just name one but what was your personal favorite throwbacks this weekend maybe three or four so it was difficult because there are so many awesome looking paint Mm -hmm. schemes um the one if i had to choose my all-time favorite from this 
this past weekend. It had to be William Byron's uh, throwback to the twenty uh, two thousand what two thousand two. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, it was early two thousands. So like that, just and if we're just talking Cup Series, William Byron actually absolutely takes the cake, uh, followed by Ross Chastain and uh, Daniel Suarez with those awesome, awesome Dale Earnhardt, uh, Dale Earnhardt Jr., Dale Earnhardt uh, Japan paint schemes. Uh, I thought Corey LaJoy had a really interesting one with the three numbers, but mm-hmm. you know, uh, who was that? Marty Robbins. Marty Robbins. Um, but if I had to say like, because Xfinity, I think trucks did uh, throwbacks as well. So if we're talking all three series, if I had to choose an all-time favorite, should be absolutely no, uh, no mm-hmm. surprise to anybody. <laughs> Ty Gibbs. Ty Gibbs would be my favorite. Uh, Bobby Labonte was my favorite growing up you know for some reason i just always loved anybody in that 18 car and it just so happens that kyle bush is in it now so uh ty gibbs wins the uh, weekend for me but if we're just talking cup series definitely william byron i liked any of the um bobby allison looking schemes i think there were a couple out there like that i can't name the people that were because i think it was mostly xfinity that was that did uh i think xfinity had a full-fledged bobby allison scheme logano had Mm. something close to it but I don't think it was really meant to be a Bobby Allison scheme. Wasn't he kind of throwing it back to a, an old car of his? Yeah, it was, uh, to, I think, to his. It's like one of his first cars, right? Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. think it was, he even had that old throwback hat on, which was kind of neat. Mm-hmm. As much as you don't like Logano, you, I got I to give him credit because the car looked great. Because I'm always a fan of red and gold. My grandfather ran a sprint car that was red and gold. It was red oh, with awesome. a gold number seven on the side of it. And I yeah. got to watch him paint the number on the side. They actually just took tape and newspaper oh. and stenciled out a seven and just took a, a can of uh, metallic gold spray paint, spray painted that number on there, took the number, took the stencil off. And I was like, that's how they do it. Wow. I was like, no, that's not how they do it. That's just how they did it. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. A that's lot awesome. of people, um, he had uh, somebody come in and letter the car that actually knew what they were doing later mm-hmm. on and actually wrote like sponsors and stuff on the side of it, which they look great. He had like yeah. a, an icy effect on the numbers, all hand painted with shadows. It, it looked awesome. Uh, more, more power than anybody can do that because a lot yeah. of those old cars were like that. They didn't have all these computers and vinyl cutters back then. It was all hand painted. Nowadays, yeah. the whole cars are wrapped. There's nothing painted. Right. Oh no. Aggravating. But yeah, you know, I'm kind of old school in that way. Yeah, Trackhouse Racing had probably the best ones, I feel like, as far as you know, accuracy and the way they looked and the historical significance of them. I think they had the best ones, personally. It would have been cool to see the one car actually get a win out of that. It was close. He was up front, so it was really cool to see that car leading. I also loved Petty's. Petty's okay. cars, they threw it back to Lee and Richard Petty from the 50s. Yeah. And I believe Richard Petty's was even uh, his old convertible paint scheme. Yeah. Yep, uh, it was. Because NASCAR used to have a convertible series in the 50s. Mm-hmm. And they ran Daytona also. Uh, so it wasn't the main series, now known as a Cup. Back then it was known as a Grand National. It wasn't the main series that Petty was in then. It was kind of like one step below. It's just another, just another version of it. They all ran convertibles. So imagine this. You're at Daytona. You're running a convertible at 160 miles an hour. Yeah. Crazy. Those people were insane. They probably only had a lap belt, too. 
Now, wasn't that the Daytona Beach? No, they ran on Super Speedway like that too. I did not know that. I thought it they was did. just the beach. Yeah, I've seen. Uh, it, I think it was like one of the first first race or two uh, at Daytona. They also ran the convertibles. Huh. Yeah, I don't know if they filled the field of the Daytona 500 with the, some of the convertible cars. I'm not sure about that. But I do know they did run the convertibles on the beach. Now, don't get me wrong. They did do that. They also ran them on the Super Speedway once or twice. Awesome. Because I've seen video of Richard Petty in a convertible on pit road mm-hmm. uh, oh, yeah, on the yeah. Super Speedway. And that's what they were throwing it back to and throwbacking. That's what they were throwing <laughs> throwbacking to. Throwbacking to. I'm going yeah. to make that a thing. I promise. Oh, yeah. We're, we're trying really hard on that. Yeah. <laughs> that's what they were throwbacking to. They look great. They look really old school, really, really good. I've always been a fan of Petty in general. I also mm. feel like um, Harrison Burton had a really good scheme. I don't feel oh, like yeah. he needs to constantly throw back to his father mm-hmm. because you're going to run out of things to do. As far as personal meaning, I feel like Almarola had an incredible scheme. What was his scheme? It was his grandfather's uh, sprint car. Oh, Oh yeah, that's right. I saw that on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. it was just red with a uh, with a, I think a white and black number ten on the side of it. But mm-hmm. the sponsor was written out the same way, and it, it had that old style painted looking number with the shadow. It looked excellent, and I mean, it didn't look special like like oh, you couldn't just straight up recognize it as like a NASCAR past scheme because it wasn't. It was his grandfather's scheme, and that's the whole reason why he's in the racing. So yeah. Like if I was to do a throwback, I would throw back one year a red car with a gold number on the side of it oh, because yeah. that was my grandfather's sprint car. That's just what For I would sure. do personally. Of all the um, throwbacks and all the cars that you saw this weekend, what's the diecast you're looking forward to the most? Oh man, it has to be Ty Gibbs. Um, and I'm not trying to you know make this the Ty Gibbs <laughs> Kyle Busch show, um, but man, that that paint scheme just really. I mean, that was 2002, so that was the year Ty Gibbs was born. Uh, throwing That's it back, crazy. throwing it back to uh, Bobby Labonte. That would probably be my number one pick. But man, that William Byron, if they made that die cast, oh, that'd be so fantastic, and I'd probably feel really obligated to to purchase that one. Keeping up with LionelRacing.com, uh, I think the only ones that they are producing is the uh, obviously the raced win Joey Logano, and I think they're making the Chase Elliott. But that's a little uh, controversy within itself because I believe Chase Elliott had a paint scheme for, who was it? Jimmy Means. Yeah, Jimmy Means. And he ended up wrecking and qualifying. So they had to repair it. I think they went to a backup car and they actually had to change the paint scheme. So it was, I think the the roof and the A posts were going to be blue, but it had to turn out white. And I'm not exactly hmm. sure if they just didn't have the if they just didn't have the correct wrap with them or what, but they just had to leave. Yeah, it it wasn't exactly what they were aiming for. And I believe Lionel Racing is going to uh, make the one that he was actually on the racetrack with during yeah. the race. So it's not that Jimmy Means look, but it's going to be kind of like a more of a Chase Elliott throw <laughs> throwback. So. Um, well, it's yeah. still really close. I mean, it's the basic design of the car with the chrome numbers, right? I mean, oh yeah, it's for still sure. fairly close. You might have like a little difference here and there. So you don't think they're going to make 
uh, both the petty cars or the one in the uh, 99? I hope so. Oh my goodness, I, I hope so. And I could actually be wrong. They might have already had that up on pre-order uh, and I'm just not really paying attention. But um, normally... I, I might I, order the petty cars. I might do that. I don't normally order 124 scale die casts. I usually just stick with whatever I find at Walmart so the kids can open them up and play with them. Oh, for sure. But I might get the 124 scale of the petty cars. Let me... Yeah, um, I'm actually looking it up right now. Um to see if maybe I, I'm just mistaken or something. But uh, yeah, I, I hope that they, I definitely hope they make track house paint schemes. They have to, right? That's, that's going to be a big to. seller. They absolutely have to. For Did sure. you notice how they had to change the one, the one on track house? They, they made it exactly like the DEI one. And some people were like, well, a certain somebody, you know, we're not going to name her here. Might not like that because she's so happy. Mm. yeah okay well let's change it so they put that little track house slash in the middle of the one just so it's different yeah i uh i actually did not notice that it was a thing on twitter it was like a little story i saw on twitter about it they didn't make a big deal out of it nobody told them they had to do that it was suggested yeah so um from what i'm understanding right now it looks like justin allgaier's raced version throwback to dale earnhardt it's getting made you can purchase that on LionelRacing.com as well as Joey Logano and Chase Elliott as f- as of just right now. I feel like more of them are going to come out. You, you have to. You have to do the one in 99, and I feel like Petty sells too. So I am completely wrong. Um, Ty <laughs> Dillon, is, his is up for pre-order right now. Okay. Yeah, I think they're going to be making everybody's because William Byron's is up. I want to see if it's always a big, big uh, die cast and merch selling time. Like there's a there's a Darlington shirt that has the uh, I mean, it has a car with a 22 on it because it's 2022. Right. I debated putting that number on our car on our shirt, but I didn't want a Joey Logano reference on our T-shirt. Yeah, I would not have been happy about it. Ross Chastain does not have a throwback die cast up for pre-order. What's his Daniel Suarez? Uh, I wonder I'm if just, the number has anything to do with that. Maybe, but Daniel Suarez does not either. So the best way, if you know, if you did watch the race, uh, I would suggest going to LionelRacing.com, uh, shop by driver, and you can pick your favorite driver to see if their throwback paint scheme is going to be made into a diecast car. One last thing about Darlington. What is your favorite? Because they, they do this every year. They've done it for the past, what, seven, eight years now? What is your favorite Darlington throwback of all time? Oh, man, you're putting me on the spot right now. Um, the first thing I think of was Kyle Bush's throwback to Bobby Labonte in the Interstate Battery car. Uh, what was that, 2016? Are you talking uh, about the first edition of the Interstate Battery car, like the yes. uh, uh, mid-'90s? Yeah, the same paint scheme Ty Gibbs ran last season Okay, for the throwback. Um, that was, I don't know why that's just the first one that just pops. To it's mind. classic. I mean, it's, yeah. it's Joe Gibbs's first, first cars in the NASCAR. It won the 93 Daytona 500. It was Dale Jarrett's first real big ride. I mean, he had Wood Brothers, but I don't know. Wood Brothers at that point, they're kind of, they're a little better off than they are now mm-hmm. back then, but they weren't, they weren't what they used to be then in the late eighties, early nineties either. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> 
Um, not to interrupt you. I'm sorry. Um, you know, I think my my favorite throwbacking paint scheme that's ever happened didn't even happen at Darlington. 2010 Xfinity Daytona race with Dale Earnhardt Jr. That yellow and blue uh, Wrangler. Yes. Car. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I really, I think that one. Well, would see, be it's my- hard for me to name a Wrangler paint scheme as my favorite of all time, even the favorite of the weekend, because there's usually so many of them. So many of them. Everybody, <laughs> like, I think there was at least two in Xfinity race, and I think they were both in the top five. Yeah. Like at one point they were side by side. It's like, you know, I get everybody loves Dale Earnhardt, and he's got some iconic schemes and stuff. But good lord. Yeah, I think you're talking about Jeremy Clemens in the 51, and then uh, Justin Allgaier. In the seven, I like when they do Earnhardt schemes that are not Wrangler. Like yeah. the year Austin Dillon did the silver car, that oh, was yeah, really yeah. cool. I think he did one that was uh, a gold. I could be wrong, but I think he did a gold version of like the Bass Pro Car that oh, he ran okay. in '98. Yeah, I think he did that one year. I think somebody did a Wheaties car too. I'm not sure about that. Well, I'm not even sure this, about that. Even this weekend in the Truck Series, whoever drives that 33 truck was uh, throwing it back to. The black number three GM Goodrich car. Mm-hmm. So that one's pretty cool. I, I like it when they do the, uh, I think one year, I could be wrong. I think one year did a, P, somebody did a Peter Max car as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I like it when they do different Earnhardt schemes other than just Wrangler because it seems like everybody does Wrangler. Yeah. But my favorite scheme is, of course, it's of my favorite driver uh, in this era. Not necessarily Davey Allison, because they do Davey Allison schemes a lot at Talladega. Mm-hmm. A lot of people have done different tributes to him at Talladega. In fact, yeah. in fact, just this past year, you know, they, they did a tribute to a great tribute to Davey Allison. Had the number font right and everything, because that's rare. They don't rarely, they rarely get the numbers right on a tribute to Davey Allison, because Davey Allison in that black Haviland car did not have boxy numbers. He had round numbers. Right. And they rarely get that right. That changed with Ernie Irvin. But my favorite of all time is a Rusty Wallace scheme. Ooh. And Brad Keselowski ran some really good Rusty Wallace schemes at Darlington. But my favorite is the one he ran that was black and gold. It was the uh, it's a Miller Genuine Draft. It's Of course, it's not... I forget the year. It's hard to explain because all the Miller Genuine Draft cars are black and gold. But this particular one was when he was in the number 27 still. And the mm-hmm. gold was a was more of a gold, not yellow, like he was in the two. So this car was was all black. It had um, the an older Miller Genuine Draft logo on it. It had a gold, like a kind of a dull gold number with a gold around the bottom and I think a little red line too. I love that car. That is my favorite that he's done. It popped up in one of the video games once, and I think one of the last uh, four or five years it was in one of these video games. And anytime I'm racing this game and that car is an option to pick, I'm going to pick it. So I, I, I like it better than the regular Miller Junior draft car he ran in the early 90s. Uh, this, I think, was 1990, his car. Yeah, I believe you're talking about uh, 2018. Um, I absolutely loved. And you know what? That's something that I completely forgot because I'm trying to. Brad Kozlowski is not on my mind right now because, like, nope. Um, he has had some amazing Rusty Wallace paint schemes. So if I can change my answer, I absolutely want to go with the Brad Kozlowski. Uh, I, I'm going to go with the 2018. Uh, that was, that's the one I'm talking about. I just looked it up. Yeah. Cause the gold isn't yellow. It's actually gold. 
because uh, like later on when um, Rusty went to the two car, the gold turned more yellow. Uh huh. And this one, you know, it's just straight up. The red line's bigger on it on this version of it. I don't know. I just something about that scheme. It's really really old school. It's right when I started getting into uh, NASCAR and started watching Rusty Wallace, and yeah, he became my favorite driver. It's like his first Miller car because before that he was a Kodiak, mm-hmm. which I didn't like. I didn't like the Kodiak scheme. It's just, it was plain. It was boring. It didn't look like Rusty. Rusty got in the Miller scheme. Rusty looked like Rusty Wallace from then on. Oh, Even yeah. when it was blue, he it looked like it fit him. Yeah, when Rusty Wallace was driving the black Miller Lite or Miller uh, paint schemes, oh man, that's like when I think of Rusty Wallace, I think of like a black paint scheme you know, gripping the wheel, like just nose at it type thing. And, and yeah, even winning, though Rusty Wallace winning 10 is, races a year in 1993. Yeah. You know, even though Rusty Wallace is not my all time favorite, I still have so many good memories of Rusty Wallace. So I'm right there with you. I think if I had to choose my all time favorite, I would probably go with either 2019 Brad Kozlowski throwback or 2018. I'm leaning a little bit more towards 2019, uh, just because I wish the I wish the number, the color of the number, was a little bit different, so it stood out a little bit. I think it just kind of blends in onto the the 2018 paint scheme. So if you're gonna go 2018, I'm gonna go 2019. Brad Kozlowski. I'm trying to find that one. It's the one with the kind of the purple, what like a bluish purple side on it. Um, it's still like the black Miller. Oh, so it's it's Rusty's nineteen ninety six scheme. Yeah, where they where Miller <laughs> all the Miller cars decided they had the red and blue come up the side. Halfway oh, was down it the, side of the car? Yeah, I thought it was purple. So you had the gold number. Yeah, uh, the yellower looking gold number, mm-hmm. and you had the gold line around the bottom, and you had uh, like a blue slash, and then a red slash, like a splash looking thing, kind of coming down yeah. the side of the car. Yeah, yeah, I, I got you. I got you. That car was okay, but once they started adding all that color to it, I was out of it. Yeah. I was like, it was better when it was just plain. That's my personal opinion. I like the old style Miller ones better. So that's it with Darlington. I think we've talked enough about Darlington. Let's move mm-hmm. on to Kansas, which you are going to. Kansas. Yes, sir. I am so excited about this. Uh, Kansas is such a fantastic NASCAR racetrack. And I'm just, I'm being completely biased at that point. Um, you can run right up next to the wall. You can run right down on the apron. Well, not on the apron, but like right on that white line of the apron, you can do the middle. I mean, you can easily go four wide through the turns. And even on the apron on the front straightaway, you can go, you could probably get six wide. Mm-hmm. The apron. I, I don't know if that would be very uh you know a good idea by any means, but it definitely could happen. I it's my home track. I've been there obviously way more than any other NASCAR circuit racetracks. Um it's just such a fun, fun atmosphere. Unlike Talladega, uh you can actually see like the entire racetrack. You mm-hmm. can, there's not a bad seat in at that racetrack whatsoever. So, you know, uh the pricing for us central uh, livers, livers, the the people that live in the central area of this, <laughs> livers. the central livers. <laughs> please, for the love of God, please keep that in. I um, will. <laughs> I was thinking about that earlier with your Bambi joke. I was like, you know, that joke won't make any sense if I cut all that out. 
that's so for us central livers um you know like it's the pricing for tickets is completely affordable um there's not a bad seat in the house uh and you get fantastic racing from start to finish you know it takes about 16 to 18 maybe 20 laps to start catching lap traffic uh that can either hurt you or it could uh uh, give you an advantage to get a little bit more space uh, in between the second car and the first car. Uh, it's just such a really, really fun racetrack. And I I implore everybody to uh, at least come and, and see Kansas Speedway at least once. Um, it might not be high on the priority list for a lot of people that, you know, might be on the East Coast or the West Coast. But man, it, it's truly a big party. <laughs> and I am always down to party. So this track came about in NASCAR, the age of the cookie cutters, where you had a slew of tracks get built out of nowhere mm -hmm. that wound up all looking exactly the same with yeah. little minor differences here and there, maybe a little bit of banking, maybe a little curve in the back straightaway, a little something different. You had a slew of tracks like Nashville and Kentucky and Kansas and Chicago and Las Vegas all get yeah. kind of built and they looked they were all one and a half miles long mm -hmm. and they all had the curve front straight away. So, so trial basically. Yeah. And since tracks. then, yeah, intermediate tracks, uh, they, they used to call it NASCAR's bread and butter. It's not so much anymore because a lot of those tracks have either changed configuration or been dropped. And mm -hmm. Kansas has stuck around and pretty much been the exact same way since it's been built. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's not been any sort of, uh, mod uh, I mean, they, they have kind of done a little bit of changes. Uh, a couple years ago, there was like a uh, like a water water line that runs it, like under the racetrack in mm -hmm. turn four actually popped up and exposed. And, and they had to cut out a about a, a square in the racing pavement to fix that water hose or I don't know what it was. Uh, so they, you know, there's elements but of the configuration track. wise as far as banking and length and yeah and all this has pretty much stayed the same yeah completely the same since the inception by the way trivia question can you name me the very first winner of Kansas speedway and what year it was i cannot jeff gordon 2001 i thought it was early 2000s i could not have told you jeff gordon yeah i remember one year at Las, like random stuff of these mile and a half. So I remember one year at Las Vegas, I think Roush had all five of his guys in the top 10. That was the first time yeah. that ever happened, but I couldn't tell you anything about Kansas. Uh, I don't know what it is about this track. I don't hate it. You always enjoy the races when it's happening, but I don't remember things about this track. Sure. Yeah. But I remember more things about Talladega. Yeah. yeah that's my personal thing oh, i remember sure. more things about daytona i have I, you have your favorite tracks that you remember more things about then you have tracks that are just personally kind of just fill up the schedule and you enjoy watching the races at but they don't consume you yeah now exactly. this track is going to be completely different for you mm -hmm. of course it might be your talladega oh, to me for sure so more power to you if you love everything about this track and you remember all these little facts about that i don't personally that's what makes NASCAR so much fun is that everybody loves something different. There's something for everybody in the sport. Uh, I think nowadays we have what, five or six road courses on the yeah. schedule. There used to be two. Yeah. Sears point and Watkins Glen. That would be the only road courses. Now there's now you got the Daytona road course. You got the Charlotte Roval. You got uh Coda. There's just so much stuff going on. 
Yeah, I mean, Sears Point went moved into Infineon, and now it's Sonoma. <laughs> yeah. I always thought Infineon was just the weirdest name for it. It seems like they change that track every year, too. Yeah, It's it like does. every year there's a different thing that you have to do with that track. Mm-hmm. So, for sure. I'm, I'm super excited about this weekend. I'm going to definitely be sporting um, – actually, mm, I don't know what shirts I'm wearing – uh truck race i'll probably be wearing the uh in the marbles i was about to say you're gonna have to wear in the marbles at least once yeah definitely on saturday i'll be i'll be sporting this one uh sunday i'll probably be wearing you know obviously a kyle bush shirt or oh yeah hat you know um actually have some new hats from kyle bush uh coming hopefully today but uh celebrating his 60th cup series win but yeah this weekend's gonna be so much fun for me um I'll be going to the truck race on Saturday by myself. I actually have pit passes, uh, yeah, pit passes, so I can get down on the racetrack, sign the wall, sign the start finish line, driver's intro, all that stuff, which I was supposed to do last season, but uh, the rain really uh, tore that. Thankfully, we didn't have it rescheduled, but uh, couldn't go down on the grass, and and uh, you know was able to go down on the racetrack, sign the wall. Um, all that stuff. So really didn't think that was going to happen because of the rain, but hopefully it does not rain this weekend or next weekend. Um, I think I'll be a little bit more excited about next weekend um, just for the complete unknown of what mm-hmm. Texas Motor Speedway is to me. Um, Kansas, this is, I think, my third, no, second year going to it uh, consec- consecutively, but it's my, I don't know, fifth, sixth time being there. So Really, really excited about that. Um, I might even go Instagram live, you know, while on the racetrack or, or something. Okay. Uh, might even take over the Twitter for a minute, do a little <laughs> Twitter live um, thing with you guys. And at least on Saturday, Sunday, I, I don't have any sort of tickets to go on the racetrack or anything, which is just going to be a solid grandstand, uh, typical kind of race fan experience. So Saturday, definitely watch out for Twitter, Instagram. We're going to have some fun. Um, I don't know, maybe, maybe another giveaway, maybe we'll wait. I don't know. Uh, still got to think about that and stuff. And I think it's, uh, this weekend's going to be really fun. Next weekend's going to be fun too. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Um, one thing about Kansas and tracks like this is sometimes they do get strung out on yeah. long green flag runs. And that's just what happens a lot of times it, not everything can be a pack race. Right. Um, but anytime there's a restart on tracks like this, you have to watch the first five or six laps. Yes, because it's wild. It gets absolutely wild. They get four or five, six wide on the front straightaway, and then they all try to funnel down into two or three before they get to the corner. And it happens like that for the first five or six laps. It's a lot of people making a lot of moves all over the place. Chaos. It's completely controlled chaos, and it's a lot of fun to watch. Who do you have as a pick for this weekend at Kansas since you finished second and I finished 30th? Oh man, uh, a pick. So I was gonna go with Tyler Reddick. Cannot <laughs> do that because I I chose him last weekend, and I was not thinking about that. Uh, last season, this this race last season, Kyle Busch won. Um, I actually just got that race version diecast car a couple of weeks ago. Pretty excited about that. I don't. Kyle Busch normally struggles at this racetrack. <laughs> I, uh, good man. I don't know. I'm so conflicted. Um, I need a win. I desperately need a win. I'm coming full force. I'm going with 
Kyle Larson. Okay. I was going to say, if you don't pick Kyle Busch, I am. Okay. I'm picking All Kyle right. Busch. So cool. now you have to root against them. No, 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 no. That's <laughs> no. I will I will absolutely be thrilled if I can once again go to a NASCAR Cup Series race and see Kyle Bush win. Um funny little tidbit about that. Um the the Cup Series races, I've only been to three of them. Uh Bristol Night Race in 2017, Kyle Bush won that race. Uh 2021 Kansas Speedway, the the spring race, Kyle Bush won that race. October uh, last season, uh, Kyle Larson won that. So I'm, you know, I'm right there. So I, I thought for a long time I was, I was Kyle Bush's, uh, somebody named Kyle is going to win this race. Is that what yeah. you're saying? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Kyle, Kyle Larson, Kyle Bush. And it's not um, going to be a petty. Oh no. <laughs> long. No hard from it. <laughs> not even close. <laughs> Either way, it's going to be a really, really fun racetrack. It's going to be a lot, a lot of fun this weekend. And I'm sure that we are going to have a lot to talk about next episode next week uh right here on in the marbles yeah it's gonna be fun can't wait but we're gonna go ahead and get out of here uh first off i want to shout out some of our podcast drafting partners um fully puzzle wrestling figure podcast one of my favorite podcasts of all time love those guys they included us in the roll call did they yes how about that i have (laughs) i have not um i am so far behind on my podcast so I have not, um, I haven't listened yet, but I will yep. be. We're there. We're there. It took, took four weeks, but we're there. It's good. It's cool. It's cool. It's cool. I don't, hold uh, <laughs> Scott. Yeah. I don't blame him either. Scott from, uh, this, that show, uh, also has a side project, drunk wrestling history. That's a really great listen. Uh, lots of crazy topics where they're not always accurate, but they're always drunk doing the favor. That's a great podcast. Uh, I think they're just about to start to come back. And start doing shows again, which I can't wait for. Uh, listen to them all the time. Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast. I have uh, met one of the people on that show, Steve. And um, fun guy and great show. Great listen. All these are great shows. I wouldn't be promoting oh, them. Oh, absolutely. Shows. Boot to the Face, another great one. And I also want to give a shout out to Outsiders Beard Company, Ooh, which yeah. is Big Underscore Bane's personal project. We both use his products his beard oils beard bombs and yes. scented candles i love his stuff he did our intro music to yes. the podcast which is incredible so i definitely want to give a shout out to that who you got ethan absolutely also going kind of feeding with that um today is actually barry frost's birthday yes it I don't is. Know if you knew that it won't be so when happy- it drops but it's this the day when we record <laughs> That is true. Yes, to, uh, that is absolutely true. I don't know why I thought that, but uh, yeah, today is what the tenth of May. Yes. So happy birthday, Barry! Happy birthday, Barry! Appreciate you and and one of the most hilarious people. I I mean, drafting partners. How can you go through a, a list of drafting partners without mentioning uh, Breaker and Bane's Power Hour, uh, Breaker Side Project? You know it's fake, right? Um, he also does another podcast just because he absolutely hates spare time with our friend uh, Travis Fowler. That podcast is called TB to- uh, TB Toycast. Uh, you also have a side project for Big Underscore Bane with uh, No Holds Barred with Bill Benis, and I love Bill Benis. What a legend! Also, uh, Tales from the Estate with Drew Vinzel, his wife, and their two adorable little twins. 
just absolutely love them. I don't know if did you did you mention um, a chair shot with Tim? I have not. Yeah, absolutely love. Just a super relatable, super fun podcast. Uh, all these podcasts are just so awesome, and most of them have shirts at whatamaneuver.net, just like us. Just like us, you can find our shirt at whatamaneuver.net. All you got to do is go up to the top left corner of the of the uh, website, and there'll be a search by store option. If you scroll down, you can uh, look at In the Marbles, and that's where we are. Our design is called Allison, or you could go to our Twitter feed, which is at In the Marbles Pod, also the same on Instagram. But our Twitter feed actually has it pinned to our profile, a direct link to it. Oh, Please nice. rate and review on all of the podcast platforms you listen to this, we have no reviews yet. Oh. So it'd be cool if we got a little rating or review. That'd be neat. We are everywhere now. We are on yeah. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. We're on iHeartRadio. We're on Spotify. We're, on, we're you can you can tell Alexa to play us. Yeah. It's awesome. We're, we're everywhere. We're we're kind of a big deal now. Yeah. So you know, come on, guys. Patting ourselves on the back too hard. <laughs> you can also find us on Facebook. And for the time being, you can listen to the show there. I think in June, I got an email saying they were going to cut that out. But we're still going to be there. And you'll be able to find our show on all these other platforms. Absolutely. Ethan, is there anything else you want to add before we get out of here? Send us some questions, comments, concerns, emotional outbursts, uh, whatever you want at our email address, inthemarblespod at gmail.com. We will read them on air if they're, you know, if they're acceptable and you know, you can't be dropping up bombs. You can't be doing that stuff, but family friendly, family friendly. Question, family friendly for sure. Uh, if you have any questions about what you heard on this episode, drop us an email. We will absolutely love to uh, read your email, talk about your email, um, you know, answer your, any sort of questions that you have that, you know, we could possibly answer uh, the best to our knowledge. Um, but mostly man, not to take a simmer to this episode, but man, I really fast. If you're struggling with mental health at all, whether it's uh, depression, anxiety, anything like that, man, please reach out to someone, whether it's a therapist, a friend, family member, uh, someone that you, uh, you know, a loved one, uh, life's too short. We need you here. Please reach out, do what's best for you and keep marching on. But other than that, I am, that's, I'm good. Absolutely. Take care of yourself. Absolutely take care of yourself. Well, with that, we're going to get out of here. Maybe one day, one day we're going to actually have a complete Q&A episode. I know a bunch of people have a lot of questions and don't know a lot of things about NASCAR. And they listen to us and they're like, well, I don't know a lot about it, but, you know, I like to hear them break it down. Yeah. Okay. One day we'll have a QA and a session. We'll just have a whole episode devoted to what do you want to know? What do you... What have you wanted to know? What are you confused about when you watch it? Why do they do this? Why do they do, why do, they do that? All this stuff, <laughs> even stuff about our personal experiences with it. Whatever you want to ask, we'll drop the email or drop a Twitter feed or a Facebook uh, post or Instagram feed, anything like that. And we'll call for all the questions. And one day we'll have, when we get enough, we'll have a Q&A session. <laughs> I think that would be a lot of fun. Soda said doo doo. <laughs> I did. I, I said it a lot too. Yeah. No, absolutely. Um, there's absolutely no stupid questions. Um, when it comes to like even if it's something as simple as like explain to us what drafting is, we can absolutely do that. We can break it down. Pit stops, whatever it is. If you have a question, 
please send it in. We love, I love answering questions. I know Soda does too. So, um, yeah, I have no problem explaining my favorite sport. Yes, absolutely. And whatever gets anything, people interested in it. Yeah, absolutely. If you don't understand it, like I have a lot of questions about baseball. I actually, if you follow me on Twitter, I'd be really Ethan. I was just asking questions about baseball. There's no stupid questions. Hit us with it. We will answer it the best we can, but that's all I have, Soda. And with that, we're going to get on out of here, and we'll see you all next time in the marbles. See ya.